We're going to read a few verses from the book of Isaiah and share a few thoughts around it. Isaiah chapter 43, reading from verse 14, says this. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. We're going to stop there. As you know here at New Life, we've had a theme for the month of March of Embrace Change. This is our last Sunday on the focus theme of Embrace Change. And the reality is that is a win-win situation. Because if you don't like change, you're delighted that we are changing from change. And if you do like change, you're delighted because we're changing into something else. So this is a great day because everybody should be happy because everybody should be happy about whatever change is taking place. Today's reading is a great and popular portion for pastors, for preachers, for churches, particularly in the theme of change or new. Particularly, we love verse 19 when God is saying, I am about to do something new. And the reality is, in our world, change is taking place. Change is taking place all over the world. Change is taking place in church life. And change is taking place in our own personal lives. Behaviors are changing. Habits are changing. I can honestly say that my hands have never been as clean in all their life as they are now, with the amount of times they are being washed. Change is happening, and some of the changes will be temporary, but some will be permanent. And if I'm being honest, I recognize that some of us love change and some of us don't really love change, and I'm probably one of the more reluctant ones when it comes to change. I would concur with the quote, which I don't know who it was, but it says, I welcome change as long as nothing is altered or different. But the reality is change is something that happens. We live constantly. We are changing as people. Constantly we are changing as people. Sometimes for the better, sometimes not for the better. But change is something that we do. And personally, if there was a change in my life, I like to be the one in charge of controlling that change. For instance, if I am changing my car, I'm in control of that. I decide that I want a new car. 
I'm not thinking about it just now, but if I did, I think about I want a new car. I then begin the process. I go to four courts or I look in papers or online, but I then go and inspect it and I begin to look at cars and then I choose what change I want, what car I want. With the help of pushy salesmen in the forecourt, we know that. But I decide whether I want that change or I don't want that change. And then at the end of the process, I have a new car. But right from the beginning through to the end, I have been in control of that change. I decide why I'm changing, what I'm changing, how I'm changing. But the reality is not all the changes in our life we can take control of. And there are so many that we don't. And just now changes are taking place, many of which are out with of our control. But I'm believing that God is beginning to change us as well. And there's something in us which should be embracing the changes that God is making. The problem with change, just like if I was buying a car, there are other voices in my ear telling me what kind of car I should buy, where I should go, how much I should pay, etc. So many voices. And in the world today, there are so, so many voices. And that can be confusing, it can be overwhelming. Particularly if you've got two experts with conflicting voices or messages about the same subject. Whether it's health, politics, economics, church, or whatever. That can be confusing when there's so many voices and we wonder, what is the right voice? What changes should we listen to? What is the right or the appropriate course of action? But in all the voices in the world today, this portion in the Bible tells us the, what should be the predominant voice. The priority of our listening should be around verse 14. And through the prophet Isaiah, God is speaking to his people. And he says this, This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And many people can speak into voices and can speak well, and it can be helpful. But I want to tell you today that the most important voice that you need to listen to and I need to listen to is the voice of the Lord God. The Lord who is our Redeemer. The Lord who is the one who forgave us. The one who cleanses us. The one who accepts us. The one to whom we belong. His voice should be the most predominant voice. And in a world that is changing with so many voices and so many news updates and so many ideas, let's take the time to listen more to what the Lord is saying. Spend time listening to his voice because he's the one who loves us more than anyone. He's the one who's for us. He's the one who's done more for us. Spend the time that we have listening to his voice. And what we will find as we focus on him and listen to him in this period of change, we'll find out about his commitment. God is committed to you. God loves you. And he's committed to you. God, the unchanging God, though speaking to his people in the Old Testament here, speaks the same type of message to us in these days that we are living to. And he says this, For your sakes, I will send an army to fight for you. I'm reminded of the song, God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness. This is what he says, For your sakes, I'm going to do this. That's the commitment that God made to these people in a, 
in a difficult environment with an enemy and overwhelming them, God says, listen, for your sakes, I'm going to fight for your sakes. I'm going to do something for your sake. Let me encourage you today that God is still doing things for your sake. He's concerned about his glory. Above all, he's concerned about his name and his glory. But he's also concerned about you and I. And he's doing things behind your back, so to speak, for your sake. We sing the songs, even when you can't see, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. I want to tell you today, wherever you are and whatever's going on, that God is doing things for your sakes. If you come into the New Testament, there's an incredible scripture in 2 Corinthians, speaking of Jesus, and it says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich. Not in material realms, but God, through Jesus, left heaven for your sake so that you can enter into all the fullness and the blessings that he has for us. And God is still doing your things for your sake. That's his commitment. And through the changes of our world, his commitment to you has never changed. And we have our confidence in him. We read about his commitment, but our confidence, because if you read it, this portion, it's as if God knows what the, his people are like, and the reality is God does know what his people are like. And the people in the Old Testament are not really any different from us today. And God even when they're in difficult situations, said, listen, I did it before. You can have confidence in me that I'm an unchanging God. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I destroyed your enemies in the sea. It's if you're saying, have confidence in me because I've done it before. And I've done things for you before, and I'm the same God who can do it again. Our confidence is that the unchanging God can do things in, un in changing circumstances. Now, his reference was to when the people of Israel had left Egypt, they'd left the bondage and the slavery of Egypt, but they came to a problem of the Red Sea, which they couldn't cross. And they looked behind, and the Egyptian army was chasing after them, and all they could see were problems ahead of them, problems behind them and you can look out your world today and all you see is problems whether it's BBC or ITV or Sky News other news channels are available or whether you look at Google or whether you look out the window whether you go to supermarket all you hear is negativity and problems and issues and there looks like problems all around but God is basically saying here that I can do what no others can do I made a way in the past because I'm a way maker, I'm a miracle worker, I'm a promise keeper, I'm light in the darkness. And I made a way for you in the past, and I can do it again. Because in that situation, there were problems all around them. And they complained to Moses and said, oh, I wish we could get back to what it was. It was better before. We don't like this process of changing into where we're going, and we've got problems and then they started blaming God and Moses came before God and God said this, 
Tell them not to look back, but tell them to keep moving forward. Because as you move forward, the same God who made a way in the past will make a way in the future. There are problems everywhere, but keep going and I will be with you and I will lead you through. And there's a sense in which church was in a bit of a change process and there's been a bit of a hiatus and the changes were made to our programs. And sometimes it's easy to say, oh, why can't we go back to what it was and it was comfortable? But I want to tell you, what is ahead is greater than what has been. And as God said to his people, you keep moving forward, even through the difficulties, even through the process. I want to encourage us to keep moving forward collectively and individually because God has got greater ahead than he's had in the past. God does not want us to go back to anything but to go forward. Our national leader, Glenn Barrett, sent out a great message to leaders this week. And he quoted from Hebrews 10, verse 39. And it's appropriate for us as a church. It says, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We are not people who are shrinking back. We are growing forward into all that God has got and the changes he has for us. So today, it's a day to see his commitment to us in the change. It's a day for us to have our confidence in him that he will bring us through and keep us through the change. But if we're looking, you see, everyone compares as well. God says something incredible here. Forget all the things I've done for you in the past. Forget that I brought you through. He's not saying forget it completely and wipe it out of your minds. He's saying don't dwell in that. I only reminded you that I've done this for you in the past. I've did this. I brought you through difficult situations. But I don't want you to dwell there and focus on the past because what's ahead is greater. And he says forget all that. You ain't seen nothing yet. Well, that's not quite what he said, but that's what he meant. What he actually said is it's nothing compared to what I am going to do. No, we love to compare, don't we? We compare with each other. We compare churches. We compare our abilities. We compare uh, our dresses. We compare our, uh, when I say dresses, I mean our dress code, not our dresses, men. You know what I mean? But we compare how we dress. We compare our abilities. We compare so many things to one another. And maybe you can think of a few more. But I want to tell you, when it comes to God, he is incomparable. He's incomparable. Oh, God is incomparable. Psalm 86, verse 8 says this. Among the gods, there is no one like you, Lord. Your deeds cannot be compared with us. Your exploits are incomparable. Listen, we can compare ourselves with one another, but our God is incomparable. He has no equal. He has no rival. Now and forever, God, you reign. God is incomparable. In Psalm 45, verse 5 says this, to Israel, to the church, to you and me, many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, none can compare with you. Listen, our God is beyond any. Our God is incomparable. And the incomparable God said to his people here, this is a there's a change coming. You need to embrace change. I brought you through difficult situations. I brought you through to this point. But I want to tell you, something better is coming. 
something greater is coming. I'm taking you and changing you into something greater and see it so that I can do more than you've ever known before. God is saying to us today, forget all the things I've done for you in the past. It's nothing compared with what I'm going to do. He goes on to say, I'm about to do something new. As we close our series on embracing change, I'm excited about what God is going to do. And we can get excited, but let me encourage you today to open up our hearts and our minds for something new, something different in God. See, it can be easy when we talk about God's going to do something and it's a lot more than what it was before. It's greater than it was before. But in our minds, we think back and just think, oh, God done that in the past, but he's going to do even more in the future. But that's not what God is saying here. We hear words and we pray for revival and moves of God and Please hear me right. We need God to move in our world, in our nation. But sometimes I hear people praying along the lines of, God, do it again. And their mindset is like, do it again like you did back then. But I really have a sense that that's not what God is saying to us today. What he's saying is, I'm going to do something new. Not something that I did before and a bit more but something brand new. And I believe we need to be open in our hearts, minds and spirits for God to do something new in me, in our world, in our church. If you look at the portion, what he really was saying is, this is what happened in the past. I parted the seas and made a pathway for you to go through. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create rivers and dry wasteland. Right, wasteland. Think about it. What you're saying is, before there was a lot of sea and I moved all the water and made a dry path. But what I'm going to do now is not cause the waters to go, but I'm going to bring waters into a dry path. Like the opposite of what was before. God says it's something new I'm going to do. I think we need to be open for God. We're embracing change and it's exciting in many ways. But Lord, let's be open for you to do something that you've never done before. In our lives, in our church, in our nation, in our world. Let's not close our minds by thinking this is what you're going to do. But as we close this, time of embrace change. Let's have a heart and a mind that says, God, I don't know what that change is. I don't know the new thing that you're going to do in my life, but I'm open and I'm willing to embrace it. Let's embrace the change that God wants to do. Because it's going to be far greater than anything he's ever done before. Maybe today you're watching this and you've never embraced Jesus Christ as your saviour. You've never embraced him. The Bible says that anyone belongs to Christ, he's a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. 
That's the greatest new, the greatest change that can ever take place. And right where you are, you can accept Jesus Christ and become that new creation. But for us all, let us come at the end of this time and we're going to close in a song that we sang earlier and make it a prayer in our hearts today. Lord, we're open for change. Thank you, Father God, that you are committed to us in all aspects of our life. Thank you, we can have a confidence that you're true and though you've done things for us in the past, we believe what you're going to do in us and through us is far greater. And Lord, we, we don't just sing the song, but we just pray, do something new. We embrace the change. It's a day of change. And Lord, we knew, know that you're working all over the world. But in our hearts, let us take these moments and come before you and say, Lord, we're willing to embrace change. Lord, come and change us from the inside out and help us to embrace the changes you're making in us and in our world for your glory. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Let's finish with this song as a prayer.